0: They'd met at the gala about a year ago, mandatory for the king and queen's head of security, and even more so for the royal heir. It was a gloomy night. The clouds hung low in the sky, lit by the orange glow emanating from the palace like a sunset. The ballroom was filled to the brim with socialites and stuffed shirts, all dressed in the most ornate outfits. "'and their falsest smiles. "'The prince, the young Aston Adler himself, "'turned a delicate glass of champagne in his hands, "'the only other thing occupying his drifting attention "'being the coordinated dancing figures "'blooming from the centre of the room. "'He'd managed to find a small respite "'near the drink's table between two pillars.' just out of sight of anyone who might want to engage him, but close enough to make it seem like he was participating in the event. He didn't want to be there. He knew his privilege, of course. Being the prince allowed him many benefits that the common man simply did not receive, including parties thrown in his parents' honour, and more food than he could ever hope to eat in one night. But he felt a little bit cliché, as he watched two young women <laughs> laugh and dance together, wishing he could talk to someone as Eston, and not as the Prince.
1: How are you holding up, Your Majesty?
0: Eston turned to see the captain of the guard at his side. Hallward Carver, he remembered. The knights all called him Ward. Though Eston never had any reason to address the man as anything but captain, Justin wasn't even sure if he'd ever seen the man's face, since, even now, he wore a decorative helmet that obscured any features from view. He had half a mind to lie and offer the man the same dull answer he gave the rest of the partygoers who had approached him in the past couple hours. But the man had approached him with an easy gait and an easier tone, so instead he found himself being a little more honest. Only a little.
2: I'm having a great
0: time. What about you? Eh, these sorts
1: of events aren't really my scene.
0: The prince was surprised at the answer. His parents valued their reputation, and all of their staff followed the standard of hiding their true feelings on any matter in favour of image. Aston expected the head of the royal guard to be no different, especially in front of a member of the royal family. Me neither.
1: Never would have guessed.
0: Was that sarcasm?
1: An excellent observation, my lord.
0: Esten found himself laughing easily at Ward's teasing, wondering at how comfortably informal it was.
2: Honestly, I've been looking for a way to leave, but I feel like people would notice if the prince just disappeared. Hmm.
1: Well, I might be able to help with that.
0: Ward glanced around the room, before beckoning for him to follow. Come with me. Just... walk
2: out?
1: Why not? I'm the captain of the guard. You couldn't be safer with anyone else.
2: Huh. Good point. Where are we going? You'll see.
0: Esten followed him across the ballroom floor, weaving their way gracefully around the swirling bodies. They managed to leave through one of the side doors of the ballroom and wound through the hallways of the palace until finally emerging on a wide balcony overlooking one of the back courtyards. about here, the thrum of the gala but it faded to a murmur as the cool evening air filled the space instead he looked out over the courtyard flowers and trees just barely beginning to bloom in the first few weeks of the coming spring before turning his gaze to the darkened sky what a dreary night
2: it certainly is.
0: Eston heard a latch unbuckle and turned to see Ward removing his helmet. The head of the royal guard met the prince's eyes and smiled a little. His face was pale and scarred, but as young as the prince's, and his eyes twinkled with a youthful mischief,
1: I figured you wanted to get out of that stuffy room as much as I did.
0: Esten had. He'd been searching for any excuse, and Ward had given him the perfect one. So, there's really only one thing he could think to say.
2: Thanks for the rescue. Of course. (sighs) So... Are you going to tell me why you're suddenly taking an interest in me beyond your job? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I guess I thought you looked a bit lonely and decided to take a chance. Was I wrong?
2: Uh, no, uh, n- no, I'm not at all. I'm glad you did.
1: Good. Then I guess I don't have to worry about getting demoted for disrespecting the prince.
2: <laughs>
0: no, no, I don't think you do. They began to talk, at first about the mundane, about palace life and the stifling environment it created, the expectations of their positions, and the looming responsibilities of the future. But the conversation turned to hobbies and jobs eventually, and at Ward's insistence, the prince revealed that he'd always wanted to be an inventor. It's something he'd been keeping to himself for a while. His insecurities about his projects and his parents' insistence that he focus on his princely duties had left Eston with little opportunity to talk about his passions. I'm working on a few
2: projects now. My parents don't know about them.
1: What kinds of projects?
2: They're inventions to make the common people's lives easier. I've come up with ideas for improved farm tools, a mechanical loom, and I've just drawn up some schematics for an automated pick. Incredible. I hope they will be. I have to make sure they work first. You haven't tested them? Not yet, I've been busy.
1: That makes sense. Will you tell me more about them? Your inventions, I mean.
2: You want me to?
1: If you're willing, I'd love to hear more of your ideas.
0: Esten immediately launched into an excited ramble. Ward continued to ask about his contraptions, and Esten answered them with growing interest, more than happy to finally talk to someone about his knack for inventing. Ward, after Esten's repeated insecurity coming through, eventually revealed that he too was an inventor. Though not actively practicing, his mother taught him all she knew about modern technology and mechanics.
2: Can I ask you something? Anything. What would you say to a partnership? A chance for us to both pursue something outside of our royal duties?
1: My lord, I...
2: Eston, please. I would love to have the opportunity to get to know you more, Captain Carver.
1: If I am to call you Eston, you must call me Ward.
2: Alright then, Ward.
0: What do you say?
1: I think I would like the opportunity to get to know you as well, Aston.
0: They shook on it, and it was settled. Starting the next day, they would begin to work together. Weeks passed, and the two got along well. So well, Aston often lamented aloud that they hadn't met sooner. Ward was a perfect complement to him. Esten's ideas on paper had turned out quite brilliant in practice, and with Ward to make them happen, there seemed to be nothing the two couldn't accomplish together. They worked in a chamber within the lower levels of the palace that had been void of use for years. They fixed it up and dragged some tables in, spreading out Eston's blueprints and organising the materials they both had collected. Much of their spare time happened to be at night, when neither had to attend to their responsibilities. Occasionally, Eston would find himself alone when Ward took a night watch. But he began to walk around instead often meeting ward at his post and sticking around to talk during the day they shared looks when passing secret glances that spoke of long nights laughing and brainstorming ideas early mornings scrambling to look presentable after accidentally spending the night in their workshop they began to have long conversations Esten's history wasn't much of a secret. He'd come from generations of royal blood, born to be the next ruler of the kingdom. Ward knew his schedule inside and out, given his profession, and, of course, knew all about Esten's life in the palace. So, Esten tended to steer the conversation toward Ward's life instead. Esten knew the sorts of things said behind Ward's back, The whispers of those in the guard of royal blood who didn't believe a peasant should be in charge of them. But he asked Ward directly with no shame, and got a straight answer. Ward had grown up on the outskirts of the kingdom on a farm, and his mothers had raised him together until he was old enough to go off on his own.
1: I always knew I wanted to be a knight. I got to see them while we were in town, and I used to ask mother if I could talk to them. Did you? Oh, I talked their ears off. They were probably wondering who this random kid was. But sometimes kids approach me now and I always take the time to talk to them because I know it used to mean so much to me.
0: (laughs) That's adorable. Esten admired Ward, but he knew many of the other knights didn't see Ward as an equal due to his stature. Though his voice was commanding, Ward was convinced it didn't hold the same power outside his decorated helmet. The helmet gave him status. It made him feel commanding. And though Ward was one of the most confident men Esten knew, everyone had their insecurities. Esten became determined to undermine that insecurity. Little by little, he encouraged Ward with small compliments, accidentally setting his helmet under the desk where he couldn't be bothered to find it for a couple hours on occasion, and quelling his partner's anxieties wherever they pop up, as delicately as he can. Eventually, Ward caught on, but he didn't stop Eston. so Eston continued. They spent more time together than ever once they had hammered down a long-term project, and even outside of the lab they spoke often. Soon enough, everyone in the palace knew that the prince and the captain of the guard had become nearly inseparable, and Eston felt a healthy mixture of pride and embarrassment as the rumour shifted from the topic of wards past to their relationship status. Ward began to take off his helmet around others, and Esten had never felt more comfortable around another person than he did with Ward. Their ideas flourished together, and as they worked in tandem, they developed something they both felt they needed the world to see. Now, at a festival in the royal family's honour, Esten tapped his fingers, his hands clasped behind his back, and a large, false smile plastered across his own face. He answered questions with simple pandering, generic responses he knew what the people wanted to hear. It wasn't their fault he was distracted but he couldn't keep from peering around the small crowd gathered in front of him to try and catch a glimpse of his parents' tent from where he stood. Being the heir to the throne of one of the largest kingdoms in the region was exhausting, even more so when his mind was occupied with much more interesting things than the mundane questions he was being pestered with by the general populace. He'd much rather be somewhere following his thoughts to the space in the real world they occupy. A tent a little ways down the road. He bounced on his heels a little, trying his best to process whatever the person in front of him had just asked, but he spotted an armor-clad figure emerging from the royal tent, and the words fell on deaf ears. The man turned his head this way and that, eventually noticing the prince and perking up a little. Excuse me a moment. Esten excitedly weaved his way through the crowd, making a beeline for the man. He waved as he approached, earning a polite nod in return. Ward,
1: Your Majesty.
0: You having fun?
1: It's always fun to stand around for hours and make sure no one gets too close to the King and Queen. Nothing could bring me more enjoyment.
2: Oh, well then pardon me for pulling you away from your duties. I suppose I'll just have to escort myself to my own tent.
1: Oh, I suppose I can spare some time. I just happen to have been relieved of my duties for the next hour.
2: How convenient.
1: Come on, Esther, We're gonna be late.
2: Careful, Ward. We're still in public.
1: Then let's fix that.
0: They began to walk, the crowd parting as they passed. It had always been so easy to walk around with Ward. As the captain of the Royal Guard, it's only natural he'd be escorting the prince through the streets. As the prince's best friend, it gave them plenty of chances to talk without anyone bothering them. This time, though, they didn't say much. Instead, weaving around through market stalls and drawn the path. Eston was nervous, hiding it by keeping his stride even when his attention focused on the man at his side. Ward led them both to a tent secured off to a corner of the main road, ushering the prince inside before ducking in after him. Eston waited for him to close up the entrance before reaching over and plucking the ornate helmet from his partner's head. Eston! I'll give it
2: back, I promise.
1: You're the only one who can do that.
2: I'm honored. You should be.
0: Ward seemed to be irritated, but Eston saw a small smile teasing the corners of his mouth.
1: Are you ready for our presentation?
0: <laughs> Not at all.
1: <laughs> Eston, you literally can't do anything wrong. You're the prince. And even if something unexpected does happen, the public will brush it off. It'll be fine.
2: It's not the public I'm worried about.
1: Hey, your parents will think whatever they think about it. What matters is that you're happy with what you've created.
2: What we've created. We're in this together.
1: You never let me forget it.
2: And I won't ever let you. We worked hard on these and you deserve as much credit as I do for them.
1: How noble of you, my prince. Ward! <laughs> <Lord. laughs> alright, alright. Let's get this thing set up.
0: The project Eston and Ward had been working on was called the Crown of the People, a collection of tools and gadgets to make the jobs of the working class safer and easier. They planned to reveal the devices and how they worked in front of a large crowd and advertised to themselves as anonymous inventors. Word spread quickly, but no rumours seemed to arise about the true identities of the duo. As they spoke, though, Aston and Ward could hear the people gathering outside, buzzing about what wonders they might see when the curtains opened.
1: Almost done with the final checks.
2: You made sure the screws on the plow were tight? They fell off during the tests. Yep. And the fluid tanks on the saw?
1: all filled up.
2: What about the helmets?
1: Yes. I've double-checked everything. Though you're free to do it yourself.
2: (sighs) I'm just nervous. You're
1: not allowed to be nervous in front of a crowd.
2: Oh, hush. You know you're just as anxious as I am. Of course I am.
1: I'm just better at hiding it.
2: I just... I hope they understand that this is what I love to do.
1: There's nothing saying you can't be a prince and an inventor. And besides, your parents were plenty happy when you wanted to be a prince. I can't see why they wouldn't be accepting of this.
2: But that's different. Being a princess is the same thing as being a prince, I just needed a different title. Being an inventor, I can just imagine them saying something about where my priorities lie. I have a responsibility to my kingdom, and I don't know if they'd understand that this is how I want to serve my people. Not from afar, but in the mines and in the fields, with them as much as I can be.
1: Esten, you've got a good heart, and I've always admired that about you. Ever since I met you properly, you've always wanted to help your people. Your parents will see that. I know they will. I hope so. Hey, even if they don't, you've still got me behind you all the way. And they're not gonna fire me. I'm the best they've got.
2: (laughs) True. They'd be lost without you. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, everyone's going to know you after this,
0: and not just your name.
1: I don't know if I want to go out without it.
0: Aston held Ward's helmet close to his chest. He watched Ward glance down at it, then back up at him. Aston didn't want to let it go. Not really. He knew the image Ward wanted to present. He knew Ward wanted people to see him as the guard captain, and not some kid from the outskirts. As a response, he held out a hand, the one not holding the helmet, and Ward hesitantly slotted his pale fingers into Eston's darker ones. You're a presence all on your own, Ward. Our inventions
2: speak to your brilliance, and you deserve to take credit for them as you. As someone who the royal family trusts. As someone who I trust. Not just my family's colours, but as the face of the people, too.
1: I hate how convincing you are.
2: All part of my charm, partner.
1: Yet another reason you make excellent royalty. And another reason why I like you.
0: They smiled at each other. As the crowd began to shout, it's time. Eston hesitated, then sighed, offering Ward the helmet. It's still your choice. Ward stared at it for a long moment, then shook his head.
1: Put that thing away, Eston. I've made my choice already.
0: Eston smiled widely, setting the helmet aside as Ward covered their inventions in a large white cloth. Are you ready? You already asked me that.
1: I'm hoping your answer has changed.
0: Eston looked at Ward, a warmth spreading through his chest. He realized that he was ready. Having his partner by his side gave him a thrilling confidence, a sense that he could take on whatever the world had to throw at him. Even if the worst thing he'd have to deal with at the moment was his parents' approval. But he had more, and he had the people of his kingdom. He knew this would go well.
2: I'm ready.
1: then let's show them who we are.
0: Ward gave his cheek a short peck, and Eston bumped his forehead against his partners. They shared one last look before exiting the tent, their inventions ready to show the crowd. They emerged into the afternoon sun together, hand in hand, and threw off the cover their brilliant creations finally displayed for all the world to see. Tranthologies is a trans-anthology podcast distributed by the Listless Network and produced by Alex Abrahams. The Crown of the People was written by J.R. Steele and directed by Alex Abrahams. It was edited by Alex Abrahams. In today's episode, you heard the voices of Eden Finch as the narrator, Andrew McAter as Hallward Carver, and Morgan Champagne as Eston Adler. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you tune in tomorrow for She Was a Wish by Sammy Jo Christa. But until then, remember, night rainbows are real, and you can be too.